Faith Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bublitz, and welcome back to the baptism of our Lord for the week of January 7th, 2024, and I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited to dig into this week's podcast, and I'm excited that, one, we are in now the epiphany season. Two, welcome to the first Sunday of 2024. It's exciting to be in this new year. I hope the new year, as you're getting into this, is going well for you. But I think it's also an exciting time just to be reminiscing and thinking about just what's all gone on. If you didn't check out the a special update podcast I just recently dropped. It kind of goes through this now being six plus years and we're now on the beginning of year seven of this podcast. It's really amazing to be in, but it's also just this is such an exciting time of year. I feel like we've had Christmas. We're moving into this next understanding of what the light actually means. And I find this such an exciting part of the church year. It's a great time of year. And I think for all of us, it's something to continue to hold on to. It's the remembrance for all of us on what is important in different ways and times within our lives. So let's look at the question from last week, which was, where have you seen promises fulfilled by God? And I think this is something that coming out and beginning the new year kind of in that way, I think it's a great spot to be in because I think it allows us to reflect and take moments of pause. And I think as we look backwards on our life, I think there's a lot of times that we can see God interacting and promises that were being told to us through other people. I think there's times where we start Sometimes things that we've always assumed get shaken, but understanding the root of how God continues to be faithful to us, those promises continue to be seen day in, day out. And I think as life goes on, and especially after we get through hard times, or even sometimes as we're going through them, we can see those promises being fulfilled and held on to. And I think that's a very important part of our faith and being able to recognize that and see that. So let's just jump into the text this week. I'm really excited about where we're going to be going this week. The science tie-ins that we have, I think, are super fun. So make sure you stick around. So let's just jump into it. The Old Testament text this week is out of Genesis chapter 1, the first five verses, the beginning of the whole thing. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was a formless void, and darkness covered the face of the deep, while the wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light and it was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. The beginning of this creation story, and we will be talking a little bit today on the science tie-in about light, but I think it's that aspect of God seeing it was good, God being over the whole aspect of it as it begins this creation story, and it's a great way to kind of be a fundamental building block here as we are moving into the epiphany season. The psalm for this week then is Psalm 29, all 11 verses of it. And this is giving glory to God and looking at how the voice of God has been over all of it. We keep repeating the phrase, the voice of the Lord, the voice of the Lord. And it appears in 
six of the verses that we have this week. And it's looking at how the voice of the Lord is over all this stuff and how then the earth responds. The earth responds with different types of rejoicing, whether it being like skipping like a calf, which if you go back to the old podcast, I have resources, links of that, and breaking the cedars, the flashes forth with fire, how the wilderness shakes in Kadesh, how the oaks whirl all the strength and power that God is being able to be shown and shared between people is all there. But I think it's also the aspect of how the creation celebrates God's presence. And I think that's something for us to recognize and be aware of. The second reading or epistle text this week is from Acts chapter 19 verses 1 through 7. This is a text that helps us understand really from the perspective here of Paul a little bit, but also the author of Luke, who probably also wrote Acts, but the idea of how when we are baptized, it is not just a physical representation of something. It is a spiritual transformation that is happening. So here is Paul going through Ephesus, and he's founding some disciples, and he's asking them about the Holy Spirit, And they haven't heard of the Holy Spirit. And they were baptized into John's baptism. And Paul then states in verse 4, John baptized with baptism of repentance, telling people to believe in the one who was to come after, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized then in the Lord Jesus, being baptized into the family of God. And the laying of hands where the Holy Spirit then was brought down upon them. So this transferring of God into us through the Holy Spirit. So this aspect of how baptism is not just a symbolic thing, but it is a physical transformation thing. The gospel text this week is out of Mark chapter 1, verses 4 to 11. This is the baptism of Jesus. So we have John the baptizer, who we talked about even just a few weeks ago, and how he's dressed in camel's hair, and we talked about the leather belt and eating locusts and wild honey, and he's dressed to look like a prophet. And he has proclaimed that someone more powerful than him is coming after, that he's not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. This is stuff we all talked about not that long ago. And I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The new section, verses 9 to 11. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart, the spirit descending like a dove on him, and the voice came from heaven, you are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. So we have then Jesus' baptism according to Mark here in these last few verses, and how God is pleased with Jesus at this moment with what Jesus has done. So, before we jump into how faith and science come together this week, we have to do a shameless plug. Fall! Working Preacher, if you haven't checked out Working Preacher, I'd highly recommend it between their Sermon Brainwaves podcasts, their commentaries, their discussions. Since I'm not an ordained minister, I use them on a weekly basis to help give me some direction, being able to look at some other biblical scholars and hear what some other people who know much more than me have to say about these different texts. So, if you haven't checked out workingpreacher.org, I'd highly recommend it. 
I'd also highly recommend checking out the revised common lectionary coming from Vanderbilt's Divinity Library. I really enjoy how they lay out the text week to week along with the art, prayers, hymns, colors. There is so much deep resources here just to help mentally prepare. I think it's really fun even just having on the one side laying out all the different seasons of the year and being able to click to the different Sundays and see what those different texts are. So if you're enjoying being prepared for worship or even seeing how different people have interpreted these texts through art or prayers or hymns, I'd highly recommend checking out the Revised Common Lectionary coming from Vanderbilt's Divinity Library. Finally, I'd also highly recommend checking out the Green Blades Preaching Roundtable and the Green Blades Rising Publication. These newsletters come out and cover a wide variety of topics of ecological echoes, implications, urgencies, giving homilies and different context to different people on how they are thinking about and applying this from an ecological lens on these texts. If you haven't check this stuff out and you enjoy listening to this podcast week after week, I'd highly recommend checking them out, signing up for this stuff. The links for that will be down in the description on the first resource in the reference section. The baptism of Jesus is always, I feel, a great time to talk about water in and of itself. Water has the three different phases that we can see so easily, so it makes it so easy for us to be able to start talking about a triune God and being able to talk about some of the unique properties that water has in and of itself that makes life work. For instance, cohesion, that water itself is sticky. Water likes sticking to itself because of its polar bonds. It sticks to each other really well, which then also makes it so that it can somewhat defy gravity being able to go up as helping flow nutrients into plants through cohesion being a part of that running up the xylem in trees, for instance. And having high heat capacity, an excellent solvent, the polarity of it, the high heat of evaporation, freezing point that is realistic and how it floats and doesn't just sink when it's that way. It's a universal solvent. We've talked about so many of these. Abhesion and how it likes to stick to other polar bonds and otherwise will just stick to itself. So many of these are vital to our day-to-day life. And I think, especially when we think about baptism, cohesion is such an amazing part of that to be thinking about in and of itself because it's sticky. That stickiness and the symbolism of us being dunked into water and that the droplets are sticking to ourselves, that it's sticking to us, that it wants to be then around us. It doesn't want to leave us. It wants to hold on to us. Is that not a better image of what the baptism into the family of God should look like? That God is just wrapping God's arms around us and doesn't want to let us go, is welcoming us into this family that we then are surrounded by hopefully a solid church family and it keeps that stickiness that we enjoy being around each other in that community around us. The beautiful thing of seeing water and being able to recognize how it does like sticking to itself and being able to have surface tension because of the stickiness, the polar bonds that it has, is such a beautiful image of the beginning of Jesus' ministry 
and how we are so dependent on each other and being able to work together for the body of Christ, but also the aspect of being made new and this newness, this washing, per se, of being dunked in, that it's then sticky and it just doesn't let us go. And I think all of that is such an amazing image of baptism in and of itself. The power that water has to be able to carve things like the Grand Canyon, but yet be gentle enough to wash us clean on a daily basis is quite amazing. But also, there was another news story that came across my eyes this last week, and I just couldn't help but bring this up. And for me, it's, we have talked about it before, but especially that in the Gospel of Mark here, we're still in chapter one, the baptism of Jesus is the beginning of Jesus's ministry. It is the beginning of, okay, I have been sent forth This is me welcoming the Holy Spirit in, and now I go and move and change the world forever. Us knowing the rest of the story, but Jesus then setting out on this course of showing us the way. Scientists, over the last couple years, we've talked about a few different times nuclear fusion. And this last week, the lab that we have talked about a couple different times, the Lawrence Levermore National Laboratory in California, put out something here in late December stating that they have gotten the process of ignition within nuclear fusion not once, not twice, but three different times this year. And this this is a game changer, folks. Again, like CRISPR, but now in a very different way. And this, to me, I this is hard to wrap our heads around. First, we have to remember what nuclear fusion is versus fission. Fission is what we are more accustomed to. It's what most of our nuclear power plants are that we're familiar with. They're all of them. You're taking a large atom and we're sending particles at it to split it apart. And when that happens, there is a reaction to break it into other stable elements. And that process, there is a release of energy. The problem is, is the way that we have been doing it, there is byproduct that can be hazardous to us, and we haven't really figured out a great way, though we figured out how to reduce it, but not get rid of it. Fusion is the opposite. Fusion is taking smaller atoms and bringing them together. This is the process of how our sun works. We are taking small atoms, bringing them together to make a bigger atom. And the release, the power that it takes when they come together releases a tremendous amount of energy that's significantly more. Thus, with this type of breakthrough, what this potentially means is nearly a limitless power with no side effects. There is no fossil fuels or toxic byproduct. It is light that you're coming off with. You're creating all this energy and us then being able to capture it for use is really what we're looking at here. This ignition point 
if we're able to continue to replicate this, hopefully across other labs, because unfortunately this is the only lab that's been able to do this, this could be a game changer for the whole global climate crisis that we are in at the current moment. This moment of ignition changes the game. This pushes us onto a new horizon. And that's, I find this really interesting to be talking about this Two of the last three weeks, we have talked about major, major, major breakthroughs. CRISPR being able to go in and potentially edit parts of our DNA. And now we're talking about fusion, which could potentially change how we do energy grids and how energy is transported and how we look at natural resources forever. This type of ignition would then allow for us to have almost limitless power. It would be very easy to be able to get hydrogen, helium, hydrogen for sure, being able to get them into the different forms, throw them together, and we're creating power at scales that it's hard for the mind to fathom. When we're making mini suns to be able to power the world, that the light is now being shining in the darkness going to the Genesis text. This is absolutely incredible. And this, it could literally be like the dawning of a new day with how we look at energy and we use energy going forward. To me, it's beautiful to think about baptism as this new dawning, this new day, this stickiness of what the baptism process actually is, but it's also the new day of being able to be sent forth and having the Holy Spirit within us to guide us, to lead us, to walk alongside us, to be stuck to us like the water, that it's not leaving us, but guiding us and being able to take us to places that we would never have imagined before that it's guiding us and bringing us into a new way of life. As we see with the calling of the disciples that will be coming soon, it's a new way of life as we are entering into the ministry of Jesus. And Jesus goes through this own transformation himself, through this process of baptism to show that this is something big and significant and it's a change of course. Paul reassuring that this baptism that we've gone through is not just a physical representation of the repentance of sins, that it's also the Holy Spirit being entered into our lives and changing us. Fusion being entered into our lives drastically changes how all of this works. CRISPR being able to enter into our lives is potentially going to make major substantial differences to people who have maybe medical ailments that this could be a major solution for them. God creating life was a major change and it ushered in a new way of life. The world continues to sing the praises of this us recognizing that our baptism is something that sticks to us and is this transformation within us is beyond where our mind should be able to comprehend. And when I'm looking at and seeing potential science stories this close together that are really mind-boggling, that will drastically change how 
we perceive life if this is really what is honestly going on is remarkable. And I think it's as we walk through these, Fusion and CRISPR, as we kind of talked about even a couple weeks ago, I think the parallels with faith is actually very strong because we don't know entirely what this all means. Having energy that is so powerful that we really don't have to think about harvesting coal or we don't have to think about fuel production. Now we're looking at totally different problems. We probably shift a lot of our focus on the continuing to work with battery technology because if we have all this, how do we utilize it? Or is it potentially that batteries aren't as valuable that now we have this nearly unlimited or unlimited resource? What does that mean for how we live our day-to-day life? This is all so new that it's hard for us to comprehend. What John the Baptist is talking about, what I'm doing is the elementary step of what is actually going on here, that someone who is coming is going to blow all of this way out of the water, is so similar to where we're at with the beginnings of CRISPR and what does this actually mean, and yes, figuring out the ethics with it, but the potential is so great. Looking at nuclear fusion, and we're at literally the knocking on the door, like the beginning stages of opening the door and potentially seeing what the heck this all means. Like the mind can run wild on what that potentially could be. This is a moment where we dream. The people of Israel have heard about this and are seeing the beginning stages of Jesus is here. And here we have this new dawning. We don't even know what this all means at this moment. The people don't know what this means. And even if you're reading through this letter, pretend for the first time as Mark is giving this to you, you have no idea what this is going to mean. The beginning of creation, did God have everything fully known and knowing exactly what this meant? Maybe, maybe not. We could debate that. But at minimum, when God gets to the point of creating us, we had no idea what the heck this would mean. For us going forward, there is no way we were able to comprehend what this meant. We are at these stages where we really don't even know what is AI going to be in five years. We have no idea. What is CRISPR and genetic technology and what is that going to mean going forward in five years? We have no idea. If this is true with nuclear fusion, what is our energy potential in the next five to 10 years, what does that even look like? It's hard for the mind to comprehend. Jesus coming to earth and God descending like a dove, the Holy Spirit being right there. This is the same thing. John understands this is the beginning of something that the people don't even begin to understand. And we even see that in the Acts text where Paul is saying, even after Jesus was gone, the people didn't understand what the heck was going on. Like, okay, we're John's believers, but, and they didn't even capture what John was stating, where it's like, no, 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 no. I'm starting you on this journey. I can't get you to the promised land. Someone greater is coming to that promised land. And that's where, when we look at the potential of these technologies, the potential is similar to what Jesus was like at that moment. And that's where, for me, I feel like, the excitement of this and as we are entering into this epiphany season and beginning to see that light, I think 
looking at these things and having that excitement, the hope that we have with the excitement of what this could be is palpable. And the longer that we are hold on to that and recognize it that within our own faith, I think is so important. And to us being able to recognize as we read some of these stories that we've heard maybe hundreds of times, to try to hear it again like it's the first time we're hearing it. To understand how exciting this actually is. To understand the power of what this actually could be. And to see here God acknowledging this is a turning point. And so when we look at some of these different technologies that are right on the doorstep, they're turning points. That's so exciting for us and what this could mean for us going forward. So the question that I have for you this week is where are you excited within faith and within science? Where are you excited within faith and within science? Because I'm looking at these technologies that it's the beginning and what the potential of this, and it's not just all theoretical, that we potentially have actually had some of this stuff start to work. The imagination can really run because now it's like we actually could potentially do this. And what does that actually all mean and how exciting that can be? Yes, do we still need to have our own checks and balances with that? Yes, for sure. But also to think and allow ourselves to have the imagination run wild. And I think that's where Jesus at this point, the imagination is still running wild. If anything, it's been in a slumber because it's 30 years since the birth here. And especially in Mark, we're just picking up, okay, it's the beginning of the ministry. Let's go. This is the beginning of something. And I think a lot of these technologies that we're dealing with, it's the beginning. And I think looking at the property of water and what percentage of our body is water and having this symbolism of it sticking to us, that it's not leaving us, that as we are beginning this journey, that here even Jesus, as he's beginning the ministry, the Holy Spirit is sticking with him through the process of the water, but the dove descending upon him, that I am with you, I am not leaving you as you are beginning this journey, I think it's so exciting. And I think it's a lot of times we don't spend enough time thinking about it that way, that it's the beginning of these journeys that God isn't abandoning us, God is with us. God came and was with us at the beginning with that baptism. And as we continue to learn what that all means through life, It's exciting to know that as we move into these next phases, that we aren't leaving anything behind. If anything, God is coming with us and bringing the whole family of God with us as we continue on this journey and excited to see where the heck this all goes. And I think that is what is so exciting. And especially when we look at some of the different technologies and things that are going on, I think we have the right to be excited there because I would believe and wholeheartedly acknowledge that God is in this stuff and is helping us through it as long as we allow God to continue to guide us. Maybe this is part of a solution to a much bigger plan. Maybe we still have years of development to go. I don't know, but I'm excited. And I would assume that seeing this type of site to begin Jesus's ministry would be exciting as well. So we'll wrap this up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.